Yo, yo, yo. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to week seven of the NFL season. Let's be honest. I think a lot of people didn't even think we'd get this far due to the COVID situation around the world and specifically the United States. It's, it's good to be here. I know I had money on the under. <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, I actually was saying, I, I kept asking everybody, hey, over under 12 games this season. And I always took the over. I told everybody, I said, I think the NFL, they are a business first, people. You got to understand that. They are, <laughs> they are in it to make some money. So they're not going to give up. Anyways, uh, good to have you back, Jake. Welcome once again. Thanks thank for you, thank uh, you. joining me. Sure. So uh, for all of our future listeners out there, because obviously we're just getting up and running here, and we don't really have anybody listening to our podcast outside of ourselves, uh, our pathetic selves at this point, uh, we're going to do a quick little background on ourselves, why we're doing this podcast, so you guys can take a listen to this later on in the future and uh, check it out and get a, get a little bit of background on us. Uh, so uh, really, Jake, I'll let you kind of start us off. Give us just a little bit of your background um, when it comes to betting, uh, football, and just why you're, you know, why you wanted to do this podcast with me. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, first and foremost, I'm an absolute nerd when it comes to the stats behind um, betting as a whole, but specifically on the NFL. I think there's just something so exciting and electric behind um increasing the odds or the opportunity to make a game uh, more fun or devastating. There's a, uh, there's a level of kind of, um, oh, like I said, electricity that really gets involved with that. Beyond that, um, we've come from a family that has been in love, has followed the NFL for, uh, since the beginning, and uh, it's just kind of part, of part of the blood. So the idea of combining the two uh, and then doing it in a way where we can kind of Hopefully share some insights, share some embarrassing stories, some uh, <laughs> some wins, uh, probably a ton of losses. Um, it's just something that I've been really excited to, to do and I'm uh, totally on board with with what we're, we're working on now. Awesome. Yeah. And for those of you who are uh, listening again in the future, um, <laughs> Jake and I, we are brothers. And as he mentioned, we we. Uh, Grew up just uh, really immersed in the NFL. Our dad was a huge NFL fan, um, and we we got into it because of him, really more than anybody. Uh, I played a little football back in the day through high school. That was it. I didn't play after high school, but uh, I had a big passion for this game, playing it, watching it, analyzing it, understanding it, studying it, um, and I love the strategy behind this sport. I think it's. For me, the, the best sport in the sense that, you know, you get this period of time between each part of action, you know, between each play where you get to strategize and really try to trick the other, the other team, the other offense or defense, whatever it may be. And I think that's a fascinating aspect of this sport that really doesn't carry over into really any other sport that I can think of. Um, the amount of strategizing you can do uh, between each play is, is fantastic. So makes every play that much more exciting. Uh, we, we really are excited to host this podcast together for all of you guys. We hope that, uh, our insights and analysis will help you maybe earn a little money of for yourself in the future. And if not, just have a good time following lines and, and studying, understanding the NFL 
in a bit more of a, a deeper um, capacity. So just a little bit about us there. Uh, Jake, you know, our last podcast, we went through some games, uh, did not do so well. Uh, just a quick side note on that. You guys, as we go through this, we're really going to be evolving this podcast and getting better. Our goal is to be getting better every week, uh, every year, every season. So this this podcast is going to grow. It is going to um, take a little time, I think, before we're really into it and really understanding things at a, at a deeper level as well. So you guys listening will also get to go through this journey with us. So Jake, if you would just let us know a little bit. How did we do last week? What were our picks and what were those results? <clears throat> Excellent. Okay, so we had an interesting week. Uh, going into week six, we had a couple of live predictions that uh, we had here on the air for you guys to listen to. Um, these are our real picks. These are uh, what we went with on the show um, just for fun, just uh, the aspect of enjoying the games and, and trying to strategize on who's going to come out on top each game and uh, points against the spread. So without further ado, here we go. Our first game of the week we called out last week was Chicago at Carolina. Carolina was minus one in this game. Um, We both were all over Carolina. If you go back and listen to podcast, the pilot week one, you'll hear us both raving about Carolina without a doubt (laughs) that they were going to not only beat Chicago, uh, but cover the spread easily. Um, Derek, do you have the results on this game? Uh, let me take a quick look here. Hold on just a second. Okay. So last week, Carolina and Chicago. Okay. Uh, yeah. Chicago 23, Carolina 16. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry to set you up like that. I just yeah. wanted to get some, <laughs> some raw emotion behind that first <laughs> devastating action. Yeah. I was like, dang, you, you, <laughs> you read this off. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Chicago 23 over Carolina 16. Um, I don't know if anybody got to see the game, but uh, honestly, it was not as fascinating or interesting as I had hoped as far as the energy level in the game. It was a close game. Both teams were in it um, just about up until the end, but there really wasn't too much to brag about. Uh, I've seen the highlights time and time again on this game now, and uh, really wasn't a masterpiece of football by any means. Beyond that, it wasn't a great scrappy game either, which we've, we've got that coming up next here on our list. Mm-hmm. Our very next prediction here. We had Washington at the New York Giants. New York Giants minus three, and we were both all over the Giants. Um, Neither one of us had belief in Washington. However, we did have a point made that the Giants uh, were going to win a game, and this could be the game. Our fear was Washington was coming back very scrappy. Um, They're in need of a win, and – after we were discussing week one, how they came in and surprised everybody with Philadelphia. Um, this was a really tough choice for me personally. Um, now, sad to say, the Giants did not cover the spread. So regardless, we got the win with the Giants. Uh, but the final score, Giants 20, Washington 19. Game came down to overtime. And the biggest play we had on this as well is we both smashed the under on this. Uh-huh. A total of 43. Uh, and that I'm happy to say we both uh, had some true insight on. So 
great right. first two opening matchups um, called out on this pilot podcast. Would have never guessed we would have had Washington and uh, Carolina in our opening picks, but right. there you have it. Um, yeah, a quick note on that one. Sorry to jump in here. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. talking with you about that game. Um, you know, that was one of those games where both teams, I wouldn't have ever put money on either of those teams myself. Uh, they both could have lost, could have won. Uh, and then, yeah, like you mentioned, that under was really what we were targeting, I think, more than the spread on that game. Uh, we both leaned Giants, but uh, that under, we loved it. And like you said, we we were all over that under. In fact, I think I predicted at one point halftime would be like nine to six, and it really was not far off. I think it was like 13 to nine or 13 to 10. So uh, we were we were all over that one. Anyways, go ahead with our next pick. I'm sorry. Absolutely. No, no, please jump in when you've got some insights on this. Um, our next game we had was the Detroit Lions at Jacksonville. I believe this was your pick last week, Derek, and mm-hmm. we both were targeting uh, Detroit all the way, which mm-hmm. I'm happy to say that was one of our finer picks of the week. <laughs> Final score. Lock Gosh, pick. And what, <laughs> what a game to be our best game, Detroit mm-hmm. Lions at the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The Lions come out dominating 34-16. What a <laughs> game. This was interesting. If anybody got to watch this, Matthew Stafford had quite the show. Uh, Jacksonville had quite the performance as well, but at a very negative connotation. Their defense could not stop the Lions offense, which arguably is not the best in the NFL right now. Yeah. So Jacksonville fans out there, I am so sorry for you. This is a rough season, and I uh, hope you're tanking for Trevor at this point. Yeah, I think uh, Jacksonville, after they had that surprising win versus uh, the Colts week one, they just have not looked good at all. Uh, They certainly seem to be the bottom three of the NFL at this point. And uh, apparently they are a get right team for anybody coming off a bye. Uh, The Lions coming off a bye smashed them last week. And this week, I believe they also have another team, uh, the Chargers coming off a bye that they're going to be taking on and the chargers have a get right game against them. So uh, certainly interesting and uh, good for Detroit and Los Angeles chargers for getting uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars off of a bye. That's always nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this is arguably our most interesting pick of the, of last week. And that is because it's the only one we differed on uh, Atlanta at Minnesota, Minnesota was minus four. We both were pretty confident in our selections. Uh, I had Atlanta coming in, needing a win, uh, not believing in the Vikings offense. Um, Derek, you had Minnesota thinking they were going to roll over Atlanta, which based on statistics, they absolutely should have. Atlanta is a bleeding organization right now, looks absolutely like a dumpster fire and is playing like a dumpster fire. However, sometimes they can rise from the ashes. They came out strong score. Final score of this game was 40 to 23. But if you watch it, Vikings didn't even get to double digits until around the third quarter. That was a tough game to watch if you're a Minnesota fan. My God, Atlanta just coming in for the kill. Of course, we're all watching. I'm watching, sitting back and thinking flashbacks to the Super Bowl when Falcons are up at one point, 38 to something. And I'm thinking, here we go, Falcons fans. (laughs) Here comes the curse. We're going to lose this one as well. But then they come in strong. And a uh, great win for Atlanta. They played outstanding football, but even worse or even more relevant than that, uh, Vikings. Derek, give me your thoughts on this uh, franchise this season. But I got to say, I am not believing in this offense. They are not clicking well. 
Yeah, you're 100% right. First off, I want to tip my hat to you. You were all over this one uh, with Atlanta. Uh, well, you, you actually predicted, I believe, an outright win by Atlanta. So uh, mm-hmm. kudos to you. I did not see that coming. Week five, the Vikings really were one bad uh, read by uh, their running back. They, they missed a wide open hole on fourth down. They were one bad read from beating Seattle, well, one of the top teams in the NFL right now. So I thought they were going to come out and really make a statement um, at home against the Falcons. And yeah, they, they really flopped. And yeah, I think you can pretty much say it that with, with a loss like that, I think uh, you can pretty much put a nail in the coffin for Vikings playoff hopes and season hopes at this point. Um, They're probably going to just take the rest of this year to rebuild a little bit and uh, work on some things moving forward. I don't think they're really going to be truly contending for anything this season they may still fight they may still have some surprises here and there but uh, overall yeah that that team's probably going to be playing more so for the future at this point Mm -hmm. i absolutely agree um coming in after that we had our god i don't even want to read this one off my browns Pittsburgh steelers (laughs) steelers are minus three and a half and both of us (sighs) like vultures around something dying and Damn it, Cleveland is dying. This was a tough game to watch. Yeah. Showed two sides of the field. I'm going to first say Pittsburgh looked outstanding. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe in them this year, which is hard for me to say, mm-hmm. uh, being a, a Buffalo and a, and a uh, Cardinals fan and a Cleveland fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleveland, they came out flat. They could not maintain. Baker Mayfield strikes again in just the worst way possible. Uh, I got to say, if you are um, part of this Cleveland Browns organization and you have arguably one of the most loaded offenses with weapons and you're coming into a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you allow 38 points. However, you only score a touchdown. Uh, This is just pathetic. This is absolutely not okay. Uh, They look like Cleveland like they used to be. And if you've watched the lines with Cleveland this season, this was such an interesting one to follow. That line moved about a point, a point and a half throughout the week, um, always in favor of Pittsburgh, which I always thought going into it, okay, this seems like uh, almost a, a bit of a trap. Uh, and you know what? I really bit on that on that trap. I saw that line go down uh, from minus five and a half towards the beginning of the week, or at least the end of uh, the previous NFL Sunday. Uh, down to a minus three and a half and jumped on that real quick thinking, man, Vegas knows something I don't know. Um, for those of you who may not know, uh, that is a big part of, of why I'm involved, uh, not only with this podcast, but um, this level of analytics in, in the NFL. There's something about uh, reading the minds of your opponent almost in a way like poker. You're playing the hand and uh, many times a reference to Vegas on this podcast. Um, that could also be overseas uh, casinos or whatever it might be. But uh, for argument's sake, Vegas is going to be almost uh, think of it as the house. We're kind of playing against them with some of these picks. And uh, I played against the house and I lost terribly. I am depressed <laughs> clinically over Cleveland. And uh, man, that was really tough. Derek, any final thoughts on Cleveland before we lay them to rest? Yeah, that was pathetic. Uh, pretty much, you, you summed it up. Uh, Browns really got behind right from the get-go. Baker Mayfield really sailed that one home for them. Uh, unfortunately for any Cleveland fans, 
that's a pretty demoralizing loss. However, I, I still have hope for them to have a pretty solid season. They should win a few of their games coming up in their schedule, and they should still be in playoff contention, especially with the seventh seed in this year for the first time ever, uh, having seven seeds in each conference. So I, I still have faith in them. I still think they're going to be uh, playoff contenders, but definitely not at the caliber. Uh, Pittsburgh, I, I had a feeling preseason. I actually picked them to win their division uh, preseason. Ah, and nice. so, yeah, I had a feeling with Big Ben coming back, they got some great weapons, and uh, I just love their defense this year. And, you know, in my opinion, I think the defense is really what you need when you want to be the top, top, top tier of the NFL. If you want to win a championship, you got to have a solid defense and a complimentary offense. And I see that with Pittsburgh. Um, so you know, the way the fact that they were able to play basically 500 football with uh, Duck Rogers or Duck Dodgers, whatever his name is, uh, and Mason Rudolph or whatever his name is. I don't even know their backups last year at quarterback. Uh, it says a lot to uh, Mike Tomlin and that organization. So Steelers are for real. We're going to talk about their game coming up here in just a moment. Uh, probably game of the week this week. So, uh, yeah, definitely an unfortunate one for Cleveland and their fans, but uh, also not one that they can't recover from. Great call. Um, I'm going to wrap up this segment here. We had two honorable mentions at the end of last week. Um, uh, we had Kansas City at Buffalo. Buffalo was plus five. and We had Arizona at Dallas. Dallas was plus one. Um, the Arizona and Dallas game, that line moved literally between one point uh, in favor for the Cardinals, in favor for the Cowboys, and back and forth. Uh, that seemed like it was going to be a much closer game than it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we both had Kansas City. Both were right on that one. Unfortunate. Shout out to my Bills here. Uh, final score of that was 26-17. Um, the Cardinals game was an absolute blowout. <laughs> uh, Cardinals at Dallas. Final score, 38-10. to and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the touchdown from the Cowboys didn't come until the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. The last two minutes of the game and the refs basically gifted it to them with, I think, three pass interference penalties on that drive, something like that. <laughs> so um, they were basically saying, all right, Dallas, we're going to give you a, some points here. So you don't show up with just a three on the scoreboard at the end of this game. Tough, tough game for Andy Dalton and company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's go Cardinals. Yep. All right. Beautiful. Well, hey, thanks for going through those. And uh, as you guys uh, are listening, you can uh, follow our picks and we'll always be transparent about the results afterwards. And uh, as I said, this is something we're going to be evolving with and hopefully improving on as we move forward. So uh, we're looking to do a much better job this week. Let's get into it. We've got four big matchups that we're going to be analyzing in this week's podcast. Uh, I'll go through the four matchups first and then uh, we'll we'll kind of get into it. Uh, the first one, Pittsburgh Steelers at Tennessee Titans. Uh, second one, Dallas Cowboys at Washington football team. Third one, Seattle Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals. And finally, Chicago Bears at Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we'll start off with what I think is the game of the week. Pittsburgh Steelers at Tennessee Titans. The line is currently Tennessee minus one and a half. Jake, let's get your thoughts on this one. Go ahead. Absolutely. But first, I'm going to have to uh, make a correction there. As of now, as of this morning, as of uh, 6.04 Arizona time, that line has moved. And this will blow your minds, listeners. This point, this has changed. You said Tennessee minus one and a half to now Pittsburgh minus two. 
That is one of the deepest line changes I've seen in a while, especially on a almost pick 'em game. Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree. This is without a doubt the game of the week. Matching two undefeated teams. This has been rescheduled from earlier this year for COVID. Uh, the Titans are playing extremely well on offense. Ryan Tannehill, uh, he's slinging them through there. Derrick Henry, they are on fire right now. I mean, they look like the team to beat. However, However, I think the Steelers' defense is going to slow them down. I think that's the big ticket with the Titans. Um, the Titans' defense, I'm, it's not the best, and I'm not 100% sold on their defense uh, coming up to a team that just put up 30, 38 points on offense. Um, I think Big Ben is going to have a big day, and I think the Steelers take it. My prediction, final score, Steelers 31, Titans 23. All right. Love it. So I'm going to get a bit deeper here on you. So first and foremost, um, yeah, Tennessee's offense this season has been incredible. They are firing on all cylinders. They can do anything. Obviously, they prefer to run through Derrick Henry, as they showed last week, uh, versus the Texans. Uh, Derrick Henry's big, big fourth quarter obviously helped them uh, to a huge victory in overtime. Yeah, fantastic. But that does not mean by any uh, by any means that is not their only method to kill you. Uh, the week before week five, Bills had a great defensive scheme against Derrick Henry, actually held him to only 57 yards rushing. And the Bills still got crushed 42 to 16 uh, in that Tuesday night football game. So my point here is that Tannehill is a very secret weapon on this offense because they you can stop their run. Tannehill will still dice you up. He's got pinpoint accuracy downfield. He can chop you up in the in the short to medium range as well. So I I really love their offense. Yeah, their defense will give up big plays. Uh, they they also will make some big plays uh, throughout the game. So their defense is certainly a concern against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's offense loves big playability. Uh, Chase Claypool is really coming onto the scene. Receiver for Pittsburgh. This season, uh, he's had a couple of monster games back-to-back weeks. One thing I want to say, though, about this, Pittsburgh has played four straight home games because of this uh, adjustment to the schedule. They were supposed to play Tennessee earlier in this year, and that was supposed to break up their their home game stretch. But because this game got lifted out of their schedule and moved uh, to week seven here, they actually got four straight home games. Uh, They played the Broncos, the Texans, the Eagles, and the Browns, none of which are really that great um, in terms of teams. This is going to be by far the best team that Pittsburgh has faced, and it's going to be on the road. Everybody knows Big Ben is very different on the road. Um, They have a very different uh, sachet about them when they have to go on the road. So overall, I'm going to be honest, I like Tennessee to win this game. Uh, I think they have too much offensive power, too many weapons they can use. Obviously, the Pittsburgh defense will slow them down. It's not going to be a 40-plus point game for uh, Tennessee like it's been the last couple of weeks. But I do think they're going to do enough to outscore Pittsburgh on the the road. Excuse me. Uh, And so my final score prediction is 27-24. And I predicted that before looking at the over-under, which is set at 50.5. 
So I have it right at 51 over under. And uh, after I checked that over under stat, it was at 50.5. So I was right on it. I think Tennessee takes it 27-24. Excellent. Um, Speaking of Tennessee, circling back to this last Sunday, uh, for you out there who enjoyed a gamble, that was the game of the week when it comes to odds. (laughs) Um, Coming into that game, Tennessee was favored minus three and a half. It literally came down to an overtime decision, um, or rather a decision prior to overtime. Um, Incredible, incredible game. The odds of deciding to kick it, tie the game, and expect to win that coin toss to get Derrick Henry, who had been on fire, who led them to that victory, uh, another chance to win the game, which inevitably happened. The odds in favor of that are absolutely shocking. Right. Uh, so if you had Tennessee last week, congratulations. That game had me sweating, and it was just such an exciting one. A, a real, real heart stopper. Yeah. Um, okay, what's our next game? All right. Um, moving on to our next matchup here. Dallas Cowboys at the Washington football team. Uh, I had the line at Dallas plus one. Jake, maybe you have an update on that as well. I'm not sure, but uh, go ahead and get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So this is great. This is a lot of fun for me. Um, we've got a line change. We have Washington football now plus one. Dallas is favored by one point here. Uh, my quick synopsis on this, the Cowboys have two victories and they're in first place in their division, but they've been just looking terrible to get there. Um, their defense is historically bad. Washington is fighting. They're scrapping, um, but they're limited in, in terms of talent. Um I actually have been really enjoying their games. Um, however, I, I it, it's frustrating to watch them. They remind me of a struggling Cleveland franchise almost. Um, except when they lose, it's it's not you're not ready to just end it all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Here, uh, I was just watching the line. I thought I had switched for a second again. Um, I would say for Dallas, I think that with Andy Dalton behind the reins, uh, it obviously didn't look good last week against the Cardinals. Um, I think he's already banged up. And I am taking Washington football team to upset uh, the Cowboys with their defense being a key component in this game. I've got Washington 24, Cowboys 21, which I felt was pretty generous to give Dallas. <laughs> nice. All right. I love it. Great, great pick there. Uh, so I want to actually lean into this one with something that I've noticed happening this season specifically. And it by no means is a lock, but it's an interesting trend. All right. So Jake, I know I've talked to you about this uh, a couple of times. Quarterback bounce back performances when they've been thrown into it uh, kind of mid game or in Herbert's case, right before the, the kickoff. So uh, we had Nick Foles first thrown into it versus Atlanta, had a great comeback. Um, Next week, stinks it up versus the Colts, loses a dud there. And then following that performance, beats Tampa Bay on Thursday Night Football. So comes in, plays well. Next week, after a full week of film analysis, uh, gets tripped up, horrible game. And then after that comes out, has a great performance, beats Tampa Bay Thursday Night Football, as I just mentioned. Uh, Justin Herbert, same similar situation, I should say. Uh, overtime loss versus the Chiefs when he was thrown into it last second. Tyrod Taylor, poor guy, got a punctured lung from uh, his own medical staff. Uh, so Herbert gets thrown into it. 
overtime loss versus the Chiefs, but really, you know, punch for punch with with Kansas City, which, as we all know, is is a incredible thing, especially as a rookie. Uh, the very next week comes out, stinks it up versus the Panthers, and then the next week again versus Tampa Bay. Ironically, um, puts up thirty one points against Tampa Bay, loses unfortunately, but puts up thirty one points and looks fantastic. So where am I going with this? Well, Dalton gets thrown into it. Uh, poor Dak Prescott, obviously, with his injury. Uh, Dalton gets thrown into it. Big win versus New York Giants. Uh, comes back, plays really well in that game in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then last week, sticks it up versus Arizona. And this week, this is why I'm bringing this up. I think he's going to have a bounce-back performance. Uh, my, my thoughts on this are that uh, quarterback comes in in the moment. They just play. They just let it loose. There's no thought process going on. That next week, they have a full week of preparation. So they're analyzing everything and they're overthinking things a little bit. And after that first week of a true starter and they come in and stink it up, I think they kind of autocorrect and realize some of their errors and go out a little bit more loose and play much better in that uh, third showing at that point. So I actually like the way I actually like um, this bounce back game as well. I know Washington has a sneaky good defense, but uh, I, I also think they're not going to be as uh, chaotic as Arizona's defense was last week. Um, they just don't really have the talent across the board, in my opinion, to do what the Arizona Cardinals did. And also, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, self-inflicted injuries that the Dallas that Dallas had, you know, one of the picks by Dalton uh, CD lamb just straight up fell down on the route and uh, Kirk Patrick quarterback for the court, uh, Cardinals uh, made a great play, followed the ball, tracked it and picked it off. So, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott ball, fumbling two times. Yeah, it's, it's sloppy football. So I, I expect them to correct that a uh, couple of interesting betting trends, Cowboys five and one against the spread in their last six meetings. Uh, in Washington, so even on the road at Washington, and um, the over as well is eight and one here in the last nine meetings between these two games. So uh, between these two teams, excuse me. So interesting betting trends there. I like Dallas winning an ugly game. I have them winning twenty eight to twenty. I think they're going to score just enough. Um, they'll kind of put it out of reach at the end. Um, so I, I think Dallas is going to have a. a this is the game they need to win here. They can't lose this if they want to stay in the playoff contention, if they want to stay in any sort of relevancy. This is the game they need to win. I think they'll come out, take care of business, and uh, um, win 28-20. Oh, great call. I think um, you just nailed it on the head there. Uh, when it comes to playoffs right now, obviously Cowboys are sitting on top, leading their division with two and four. Yeah, again, that's two and four. Um, <laughs> the NFC lead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Um, Terrible. one thing I want to point out with that is that is why, uh, I have this, this, uh, unorthodox belief in Washington this week, uh, with the giants coming off that loss, the Eagles coming off that win and Washington on a five lose five game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like this is an opportunity. It is wide open. I think the Cowboys, um, are really going to sting from the loss. Of um, Dak Prescott, I think Washington and New York and Philadelphia all have their eyes locked in, targeted on Dallas's back. Mm. I think any game where they get to play each other, they're going to come out and they're going to give it it all like it's a playoff game because it very much could be. Um, that's my final thought on uh, on why I think Washington's going to come out pretty scrappy. Excellent. Um, 
So we have okay. We have two right off the bat, two differing picks here. You have Pittsburgh minus two. Uh, I have Tennessee covering that, but I actually have them winning outright myself. Uh, and then you've got Washington uh, beating Dallas. I have Dallas beating Washington in what is basically a pick on line at uh, Dallas minus one. Interesting mm-hmm. there. Let's get to our third matchup. Uh, we're headed off to Sunday night football where the Cardinals, for the first time in franchise history, will play back-to-back primetime games after getting slotted in to the Sunday night football game due to a little bit of a coronavirus problem on the Raiders' offensive line. So the line I last saw was Seattle minus three and a half at Arizona. Jake, take it from here. That is what we have currently. This line has not shifted literally all week long. That has remained since the end of uh, their last game coming into this week. Um, That literally has not shifted. So that's been interesting. Um, Seattle and Arizona have a very interesting uh, history, especially when it comes to this division rivalry. Um, Arguably, when Arizona is at Seattle, they make some incredible moves. This will be interesting to host them this year. The lack of fans is going to be, I think, uh, a tough handicap for Arizona. I think coming into uh, uh, Arizona's hometown, those fans can really, really change the mentality of the game, uh, make it hard on uh, fourth and ones, uh, really get behind in the in uh, Russell Wilson's head. Um, the Cardinals are on a short week having played Monday night, but they have to feel really good about the way they played uh, against Dallas. Seattle's coming off a bye week, so big edge in the rest. Uh, Seattle's defense has major issues, though. Well, Arizona's defense just lit up the scoreboards, and if you were watching that game, they were unstoppable. I think you even called it out earlier, Derek, and said they were pretty wild. Um, I think both teams are going to score a ton. It's Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray. I cannot wait. This is going to be an absolute treat here coming up for Halloween, and uh I got to say, I'm going to take the underdog here. I think Cardinals to win it, but they don't cover. So uh, if you were uh, interested in uh, picking this game, um, I wholeheartedly would take Seattle. Um, however, I think uh, I think Cardinals are going to come in and roll. I've got Cardinals 32, Seahawks 30. Um, so, again, if when it comes to the odds itself, uh, I like Seattle. Uh, however, I've got a gut feeling about this game. I think it's going to be a lot more fun, a lot more competitive. And I think uh, I might be the minority here, but Russell Wilson and company, they've got to lose a game. And I could see it being against the Cardinals this weekend. Wow. So you've got Cardinals winning outright 32 to 30. Is that correct? That is correct. That's what I'm sticking with. I love it. All right. Well, you and I are on the same page here. Just a little teaser for what I'm about to get into. So this is, uh, I really dived into the the film here with Arizona and their game last week, Monday Night Football against Dallas. I uh, watched a lot of what they did, and I was really impressed by their defense. I actually think they played better without Chandler Jones. Uh, I was talking with Dad last night, actually, and I was telling him, I think Vance Joseph, first and foremost, was one of my favorite hires when this whole new regime came into Arizona. I love the hire of Vance Joseph. I think he's a fantastic defensive coordinator, has a great defensive mind, and really knows how to scheme a defense uh, week to week against his opponents. Um, So when Chandler Jones went out, obviously, uh, they're probably arguably their best defensive player uh, on the Cardinals defense. 
Uh, I think that actually allowed Vance Joseph to open up his playbook a little bit. I saw some incredible pre-snap confusion uh, by the Cardinals. Obviously, they're playing a second-string offensive line in Dallas, a second-string quarterback in Andy Dalton. So that skews the numbers a little bit. But, you know, what I was watching more so than anything was just the fact that they would line up with, you know, eight men on the line of scrimmage, drop three back, rush five. Uh, another time, they'd line up with seven on the, on, the, uh, on the line of scrimmage and bring all seven. So they did a lot of confusion. They had a lot of confusion pre-snap for Dallas, and I loved the way they did that. Uh, another side note here, Buda Baker and um, Banjo, I forget his, last, his first name, but the two safeties for Arizona are finally healthy, finally back into it. They were missing, and it was uh, obvious in their loss against Detroit. And then their loss against Carolina, uh, they really missed those two playmakers, especially Buda Baker, highest paid safety in the NFL and really played like it last week. Great defensive showing. Um, Seattle, I obviously cannot uh, say anything bad about their offense. I think the only thing is they may come out a little slow because of this bye week. I think this bye week might hurt them more than anything because they were on fire. They were playing very well, great time and great rhythm on their offense. And sometimes when you get that extra bit of time, you kind of interrupt the flow of things. Uh, and so I think that could cause them to come out a bit slow this week. Um, Jamal Adams will not play. Uh, from what I'm reading here, Seattle Times reports Jamal Adams will not play Again, his third week missing because of that groin injury. That's only going to help Arizona's offense, obviously. So uh, for me, this was a tough one. Um, I, I think a healthy secondary for Arizona makes a big difference. Um, I love the way they're doing pre-snap confusion. Uh, Russell Wilson will not struggle like Andy Dalton did, and neither will that offensive line for Seattle like Dallas's offensive line. So quarter, uh, Cardinals will give up some big plays. Uh, that's just inevitable. But I think they'll make some big plays here and there to offset that. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler, Kyler Murray just need to score. They just need to come out the gate swinging, swinging against this sleepy Seattle team. And I think they will. Seattle will make a late charge uh, to come back. But I think the Cardinals do just enough. And I have them very similar score to you, Jake. 34 31 with the upset over Seattle in the desert. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Sounds like we're both on the same page with this game. Uh, and both of us are hitting the over right now. The line is currently at 55 points. Uh, we both have them smashing that actually. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'm a, a big believer in that right now. I think that's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Whether you're a Seattle fan or a Cardinal fan, or you hate both organizations or you don't give a shit about either one. I think <laughs> that is going to be such a fun matchup and it always is. I agree. Division game, both teams really play each other well every single year. Uh, I, I agree. I think regardless of your personal take on those two teams, great matchup. I'm glad it got slotted to Sunday night football. Cause I think it is going to be one of the best matchups. One of the most fun to watch matchups of the week. Excellent. Agree. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into our final matchup. Chicago Bears at Los Angeles Rams. Um, I believe the line is at uh, L.A. Rams minus six. I'm not sure if anything's changed. Jake, take it from here. I've got the line has moved down a half a point. It is L.A. Rams minus five and a half favored to uh, host and beat the Chicago Bears. Um, the Rams were exposed 
uh, some against the 49ers last week. Uh, we just don't know how good the Bears are yet, in my opinion. Uh, they're 5-1, and one, but the offense is super limited. Um, this is the second straight road game for Chicago, which is a challenge. I think the Rams get back on track and win a closer game than most might think. I have the Rams taking the win 23 over the Bears 17. I think that's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be scrappy. Um, I'm glad that it's in a primetime slot. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. And just like we mentioned about that Seattle-Arizona game, uh, you may you don't have to be a fan of either team to watch this great matchup. I think uh, this really is, is going to be a fantastic game. Excellent. Uh, this is the game I think I did the most film study on. I really dove deep into both teams' uh, previous performances. So I want to start off with Chicago. Uh, Chicago, hey, man, listen, 5-1. and one. Say what you want to say about them. They're 5-1. and one. Cream of the crop rises to the top, as I've heard uh, people say in the past. So, you know, big shout-out to Matt Nagy and the Bears organization for just winning games. Um, and it's pretty clear they like to play ugly games. They have played ugly games throughout this season. They like to play ugly games. They win those ugly games, uh, typically under 45 points in total throughout this season. Um, no surprise here. Their defense is their strength, but let me tell you, man, that defense is better than I think even most people realize. I watched that film from last week. And although the score was within one possession, Carolina did not look like they belonged in that football game at all. Chicago really controlled that game from start to finish through their defense. Uh, their front seven is probably the best in the NFL uh, right now. You could make some arguments here and there. Uh, I love Tampa Bay's front seven as well, but the Bears' front seven playing out of their mind. Uh, the, the way their defensive line gets pressure with just four rushers on just about every single play is incredible. They smother teams in the red zone. Khalil Mack and Hakeem Hicks are just play wreckers. There's nothing else to be said there. Um, so uh, their defense, uh, their defensive front really allows their secondary to play with kind of their head on fire a little bit, uh, which ends up uh, usually giving up a big play here or there, but they also make some really great plays as well. Uh, they, they take advantage of the chaos that's created by that front seven. My only thing with them when I was watching the, the film was sometimes that defensive line actually gets a little bit too much depth behind the line of scrimmage. And what happens is the running back will run right by them. They don't contain very well. Uh, they get a little bit too far upfield. And so uh, somebody like Sean McVay can really take advantage of that by, uh, by calling the right play calls and, and disguising the plays uh, as he's so good with. But I think that Bears front seven is going to give the Los Angeles Rams a lot of problems. Um, you know, getting into that film a little bit. Goff is L.A. Rams' biggest problem, in my opinion. Not that he's bad, but when he's overwhelmed, he plays like he's overwhelmed. Um, I actually see a lot of similarities with him and Baker in that regard. When they have a clean pocket, when they've got time, they're great. Uh, when Goff gets pressured at all, he falls apart. He folds like a blanket. It's terrible. So he's pretty inaccurate throwing deep last week, uh, especially with pressure. I think the Chicago bears front seven can get a lot of pressure on him. No matter what Sean McVay does, they're going to get pressure and that's going to be a problem for golf for golf. Excuse me. Um, you know, one of my favorite things is going to be watching Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack on the same field, two of the top defensive players in the NFL right now. And uh, oh just watching God, them. What a show. 
yeah, watching them go at it. Uh, yeah, basically, you get to watch one of them every single snap. I think that's going to be really fun. So just kind of a side favorite part of this game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Chicago to cover the spread. Um, I like Los Angeles to, to win the game. So if you're going money line, uh, I, I'd pick Los Angeles Rams to, to win it outright. But I like Chicago to cover this spread. Uh, they're going to make it tough for Goff and McVay. Uh, throughout this game it's not going to be easy and the fact that it's a six point basically spread minus five and a half la rams uh chicago does not like to play games that that have that high of a score that allow that big of a spread to happen so i think the rams are going to win 24 to 20 uh but chicago will cover that five and a half spread and i actually picked that score uh 44 total and the over under was at 45 so i was right on that one as well um I think uh, Rams will do just enough and maybe even win on their final drive or hold Chicago on their final drive. I think it'll come down to, to the final drive of this game. Rams will do just enough to win the game, but not enough to cover this spread. 24-20 <clears throat> LA Rams take it. I absolutely love that. I'm, uh, I'm personally rooting for Chicago. I'd like to see them pull up the, pull off the upset. Uh, but I think that's a great analysis of the game. I know, uh, we've been talking about this throughout the week, and you've been really circling around this game, honing in on it. Um, that's a great, great breakdown. And, uh, I mean, you said it best, uh, get Aaron Donald and Cleo Mack on the same same football field. And, I mean, this really is the greatest show on turf. I can't wait to watch these monsters go at it. Um, quick, quick three honorable mentions for those of you who are interested in uh, some great picks this week. Uh, coming in, I've got three locks for you. Um, and I'm going to tell you exactly how this should go. So let's get rich, kids. Here we are. Number one, Buffalo at New York Jets. I absolutely love Buffalo. Currently, Jets are minus 10 and a half. I do not believe in them. They have lost every game. They're not going to win a game this season. They are trash. They are a dumpster fire. They're a broken organization. Buffalo is coming off a very, very tough loss uh, where they were in contention most of the game and then absolutely gave it away in a pathetic loss against the Chiefs. Um, I think Buffalo is coming back angry. This is a division rivalry. Uh, it really is. Buffalo, the bigger brother, is just going to beat up on their little brother in this one. I absolutely love Buffalo. Following that, I'm going to call out another game here. Green Bay at Houston. Right now, Green Bay is minus three and a half. That hook is a little too much in there. So if you have the opportunity, I'd say buy a half a point. I love Green Bay minus three. I like them minus three and a half. But if you want that guaranteed Blood Bank bet of the week, I would say buy that half point and you've got it. Final game of the week, and I might shoot myself in the foot next week for this. Did last week. Uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Right now, Cleveland is minus three. I think this is going to be a great game, a lot better than people are thinking. Um, obviously, we've got two cities, same state, both coming through adversity. However, I think Cleveland is going to roll on this one. I think after that defense, that defeat, as long as Mayfield can throw accurately, I think the weapons on uh, Cleveland's offense, their run game is going to show true through Cincinnati's defensive line and just dominate the game. Uh, maybe one or two passing touchdowns the entire game, if that. But I think this is going to be a great running game for Cleveland. I think they're going to come in and take care of that. So, again, I've got Buffalo minus 10.5. Green Bay, if you can, buy that half point and take them at minus 3. I think that is the lock of the week. And then Cleveland at Cincinnati, Cleveland minus three. Love it. Love those locks. Uh, definitely agree with you on all of those. Uh, Houston might come out and give Green Bay some problems. But, uh, yeah, definitely Green Bay should should take care of business there. I agree with you there. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, podcast technically number two, but I think this was really our first official, officially well-organized podcast. <laughs> Last week was a bit of a, just a technical test. So, hey, awesome stuff. Great to hear from you. Thanks for sharing all your thoughts on these games. Just to recap really fast, uh, Jake's got Pittsburgh minus two. I've got Tennessee plus two. Uh, Jake's got Washington football team plus one. I've got Dallas minus one. We both Got the Cardinals covering the spread and actually winning outright. Uh, the line there, Seattle minus three and a half. Cardinals, we've taken them both plus three and a half. And uh, I think, Jake, you've got the Rams just covering that spread, minus five and a half. You had them winning by six. Uh, I've got the, the Bears uh, at uh, covering that spread, losing by four. So should be interesting. We'll have to take a look at our our results next week as always brother good to hear from you good to have you here on this podcast and uh wish you the best of luck in all your bets thanks yeah it's gonna be a fun week looking forward to this ride and can't wait to talk with you next week thanks this is a lot of fun and uh good luck to everybody out there best of luck everybody we'll see you next week week seven here we go peace out Thank you.